This week, I've got the pleasure of speaking with the legendary Dr. Beverly Kay, or Bev. Bev founded Career Systems International CSI more than 30 years ago, and by her own admission, Bev has been in the world of learning and development for four decades, approximately. And she once ran this business called CSI when it was a large organization, but has, as she shares in this week's episode, decided since then to scale down to her own brand, but working with a core support team. So I'm curious to understand how she got into learning and development, what she's gained from writing books and the kinds of products and services she sells and the kinds of people that need them and what draws her to her specialities, talent, development, management, and retention. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the Training Business Podcast. This is the weekly show for self-employed consultants, trainers, coaches, facilitators, people like you and me who make a living from converting what we know, what we have done, our experience, our expertise into the things that make us a living, programs, workshops, courses, books, keynotes. Maybe you have your own expert business already, or maybe you are one of those people who is thinking of leaving a corporate job or just working for yourself because you want to give it a go. And this is what this show is all about. I'm a self-employed trainer. I'm a coach and a published author. I've made loads of mistakes in every one of those things. And I've been employed, unemployed, and self-employed, and I love talking to people who are in this world of learning and development, but also people who've got their business hats on, conscious of the need to get out and market themselves and build products and services that people are willing to pay for. Now, if you're anywhere on this journey or thinking of joining us on this journey, you're in the right place. I'd love you to come back every single week. And so can I please ask you now to pause this and click on the follow button or the subscribe button to be notified of great episodes to help your business as they come out each week. It costs absolutely nothing and takes only a couple of seconds. Bev, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. You're in LA today. I am. And your name came up in conversation with someone recently, and uh, you're an authority on uh, quite a few interesting areas in terms of talent development, talent management. And I think what I've gleaned from looking at your website is the importance of talent retention. If you don't grow people, those people go. Let's begin with um, your brand. When I think of Bev K and Co, what should come to mind? Well... It should be, um, you should smile because she always has a smile factor built into her work. You should feel, I'm going to get something practical. It's not going to be airy fairy. And that, and it's going to actually be fun learning. Um, that's what I think my brand is. 
Okay. So if I were to ask you to pitch to the audience, what is it you do and whom do you do it for? What would you say? So um, I've been doing it for 40 years and I've always, I have two major specialties. One is the whole arena of career conversations, career development. And I help employees think about their career and hold up their end of the conversation with their manager. And I help managers think about their own careers, because that's important too, and then um, be able to have a, a good, engaging conversation with their employees. So the world of career development is one. And, you know, sometimes someone yesterday referred to me as the mother of career development. Well, I'm the probably the grandmother of career development, but <laughs> I wrote, I we published, uh, Prentice Hall published, Up is Not the Only Way in 1982. And now talent mobility is big, big, big and hot, hot, hot. And my other specialty is in the area of engagement and retention because career development fits there, absolutely. People join organizations for growth and they leave organizations if they're not growing. So my second big area is retention and engagement. And the most well-known book is Love Them or Lose Them, Getting Good People to Stay. So my two areas have been evergreen, thankfully. You know, they've morphed with the times, but they've been evergreen. And that makes sense. And I'm sure in light of recent developments during COVID, people have been figuring out or trying to figure out what they do and and what their relationship is to their employers. The book you've mentioned has sold over 700,000 copies worldwide. It's on its sixth edition. And you mentioned the title, Love Them or Lose Them, Getting Good People to Stay. Um, and it's no surprise then that you've been honored by the ATD with several Lifetime Achievement Awards and Thought Leadership Awards over the years. I'm curious what made you gravitate towards these two areas. What is it in those two aspects of of employee uh, engagement and retention that that makes you feel it's the topic that um, is close to your heart? You know, I I moved into the engagement and retention area um, in the late 90s. I had always been in career. And I had always heard that, you know, it's around career that people stay or people go. But I wanted to, to broaden that understanding. And um, I wanted to write something, uh, and I wrote it with a co-author, um, Sharon Jordan Evans. I wanted to do something that was practical. Hmm. Because McKinsey, in their War for Talent, said, People don't leave organizations, they leave managers. And everybody said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody was saying to the manager, what can you do like tomorrow? Um, and so Love em was written based on asking thousands of people, not why do you go, but why do you stay? So from those stay factors, 
we were able to write a, a, a practical and strong book. And what, what did that book do for your brand, having, having gotten out your message, your views on that topic to the world? Well, it, um, it, 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 it built on, that was 1999. The other book was 1982. Um, so it, it built on that brand. And Love'em had such a big punch, you know, and, and it continues to punch because the words are, if you don't love them, you will lose them. <laughs> and let us show you all the ways you can love them, even if you do not use that word. And in the beginning, back in 99, we had to fight for the word love on that front cover. Because it wasn't a word used in corporate America or any corporation. And we fought for it as the best word because it stands for so much else. So, um, and we developed training um, and coaching and everything to go with it. So I never wanted just to be a author. I wanted it to always support my work inside of companies. So all of the books have training to go with them. Right. So you have on your website, um, core learning solutions, engagement and retention, career development, customization. What form do those courses take? Are they online? Are they hybrid? Are they face-to-face? All the above now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they started, you know, <laughs> when I schlepped flip charts and magic markers <laughs> to all my uh, my clients. And they, they morphed into, um, you know, VILT, virtual instructor led, and they're still ILT. And then they had to morph away from two days to one day to one hour to five minutes, Um, which is sad, but possible. Not possible in the way we used to do it, but possible to give people a, 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 a little tiny taste of what they might do. You've mentioned that you've been in this field for four decades, approximately. What are your views on how training has played a role in the development of your clients? I think it it, it helped solve some of their problems. You know, it's just one of the many ways companies try to uh, re-educate about what's going on now and what people need. you know, right now there's a lot of discussion on upskilling and reskilling, and all of that is part and par- parcel of career development and engagement. And I think in the in the world of training and development, and I know we're not using the word training now as much as we are learning and development. I think. Um, 
people who specialize in that have to be one step ahead, have to be caught up on what's happening out there, have to be um, uh, up to date um, and relevant, really, really relevant. So let me ask you then, how have you stayed relevant? You've written a number of books, you've got popular courses. How have you stayed relevant in your clients' minds? Um, well, I uh, I read a lot, or if the truth be told, I skim a lot. You know, um, I was talking to a group the other day, and they were asking me about how many books on my bookshelf. <laughs> And there are tons of books over the years. And they said, well, how many do you actually read? You know, (laughs) every page of. And I said, well, not many. But I know enough about what's in the book to know where to go when I need that. Mm -hmm. So um, also, uh, being in the field so long, I have a lot of friends who do what I do and have different specialties. And when I see an article that someone else with a different specialty might use, I'll send it and people send to me. So I get articles from many, many people. And, you know, any of your uh, listeners (laughs) who run across a great article that relates to career or engagement, you know, share. Please send them to to Bev. Yeah, send them to Bev. (laughs) Okay, so looking at your website, two things stuck in my mind, one of which is called Lightning Consults or Consulting or Consultation. You've called them Lightning Consults. And this almost reflects the the scaling down in, in many respects that we've seen where people don't want full day sessions and right. maybe they don't want full consults or consultations. Right. W- what is your definition of a lightning consult? Who needs it? And uh, let me ask you a third question there. How do you run one? Right. Well, so I've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it uh, just as favors for people in the field. You know, uh, uh, learning people who are caught in a, I don't know whether to do this or that. I need an idea. People who are stumped. And um, I'm not a coach, although many of my friends are. I'm not a coach because I want to fix it fast. You know, maybe that's the other. I have to write that down. Fix it fast. Um, And that's what a lightning consult is. And now I'm beginning to um, to really take on clients. And a lightning consult is like an hour. And, you know, now I can I charge a fee for it. And I say it's it's a one shot. Sometimes it needs a two shot, but it's not once a week. We're going to meet and talk about this. It's lightning. And if I can't help you, I'll refer you to someone who can. Okay, so to clarify, the the lightning consult, is this a session where you uncover people's needs or do you provide a solution in that same time? Well, 
in in the ones I've done, they come to me with a specific need. I'm stuck on this. And sometimes it's a career need. You know, I've been in this position for seven years. Um, what do you think about me saying yes to this offer? And I'll just using, and again, I'm not a coach, but using my wisdom from all those years, I usually can come up with an idea. So it's really a, a Bev K thing that I I love unique names for things. So instead of saying I'm a consultant, I I do lightning consults, and and that's a lot. And those are one on one. You know, um, you know, I, I'll do it one on group if that's what's needed. Right. But it's quick, short term. Here's what you can do. And what are some of your favorite consulting questions with new clients? With new clients in the training world, it is around what do I really need to know now, given how things are changing? Or I have an interview with so-and-so. And that's a whole different kind of organization than I've been in. You know, how should I present myself? So sometimes it's around transferable skills where I really want to do something that's different. What are my Which of my skills are transferable? Or sometimes it's I have to deliver a one-hour talk on X and I'm coming up blank. You know, can you give me a few ideas? And I usually can, just because I've been around. (laughs) So in 90 minutes, you've you've, uh, met someone, you've listened to what they have to say, you've asked them some consulting questions, and you've come up with perhaps some ideas or suggestions based upon your experience. Right. Right. Okay. You don't have to name pricing, but is is that a premium product or is that something that... uh, is an entry level product for people. Um, premium product by premium product, you mean uh, a big ticket item? Is that a big ticket? Yeah, would someone balk when they see the price, or would they go, "Well, that's easy"? Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, um, no. In in my world, no, it's not a premium. Gotcha. Because it's not what I do mainstream. You know. Okay. But I think for all people who are one-on-one people out there who are coaches, yeah, think about a price that's affordable. The next thing is sticky notes. Um, (laughs) I have to ask you about those. It's on your website too. How do you define sticky notes and where do you use them? Well, it's sticky keynotes. Sticky keynotes, right. right. And again, you can see my love of language. Um, yes. And what I, I, you know, I attend a lot of conferences. I just came home from a two day conference where I sit in other people's sessions and I always try to think what sticks with me after I hear that person. And often I'll listen to, you know, one of the gurus in our field or a big name and I love what they're saying. And when I walk out, I think, what can I do with that? 
And what did they really say? And what will really change? And I want my keynotes, and I do a lot of them, to be sticky. In other words, I never thought of that. Or in other words, boy, she made that really easy. I could do that. You know, that's what I mean by sticky keynotes. Okay. Um, So you've written a load of books. If I said to you, what's the number one business development channel for you that generates good, high-paying clients? Well, now I have a brand. And now people call and say, I've read this or I've heard about that. But I still do. I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of speaking at conferences, a lot of free speaking. So I invest and speak. I've spoken at ATD for like 30 years, uh, you know, and um, so I think that's a way. And then and then r- r- writing, you know, short articles, um, I I am not the best at social media, but I'm trying to get better and uh, just to, you know, share your thoughts. Yeah, I'm not a spring chicken either, Bev. I can recall, you know, times when just like you, we had a flip chart and you brought your flip chart with you and you hung it up (laughs) and times have changed. There was no mural or Miro or no um interactive whiteboards any of that stuff what has been the greatest lesson for you in running your own business you you, you're a you're a phd you could have gone in and worked for corporate um body or department what made you stay uh running your own business and uh, why do you like it so much right so i i i've really had two businesses one that i did for most of those 40 years where I was built a big business, international training, training trainers. I had a sales team. I had a marketing team. You know, I had a leadership team. I had, you know, a good number of people. And that comes with a good number of headaches (laughs) and sleepless nights and payroll, you know, and, um, Losing a salesperson that you spent years training, and then you have to start all over again. And I realized that I had had enough of that. So I'm now really licensing other people to deliver all that training and saying, here it is, go for it. And my business now, and it's only been a couple of years, I'm a solopreneur again. I have just a few little people, few little people, not little, they're not little, they're big people. <laughs> yes. um, but I will say to anybody um, making that change, it took me, it put me in a full year of depression when I let go of the big business. Because my entity was my identity. And no matter that people said it was the company was Career Systems International, it's no longer out there. And uh, it was harder than I thought to let go. 
But once I did, I love being small again. I really do. Because I can play with different people and different things and write without someone in my own company saying, oh, that's too cute. You can't say that. I like cute (laughs) and I like smile. And I think when you run a larger size business, you know, we had trainers around the world. Um, You give up a lot of who you are to make it work. So, um, so I'm having fun. Did you decide to sell it or just simply to get out of it? Um, I am in still thinking about selling it. Uh, right now I'm licensing. Um, I'm licensing two of my ex-employees um, who are continuing to put it out there and um, and some other people who want it for like specific groups. Like one of my colleagues is an IT, uh, works with soft skills for IT people. So I could add my specialties to his vertical market. So, and I'm considering doing that with healthcare. So any of your listeners who has a vertical market uh, or wants to chat about, well, how can I do what you're doing in this market? Because I hate to put people in competition with each other. You know what I mean? Everybody, oh, I do that too. I don't, I wanted to be different. Well, there frequently is a niche within a niche. So someone might listening to this might think, well, pharmaceuticals is my area or manufacturing or agriculture, uh, tech ag or fintech. So yeah, that's a great opportunity. And then there is a way to tailor and modify and talk their language. Right. Because whenever I've gone into organizations, it's always a learning curve to learn the farmer language or the insurance lingo, et cetera. It's so true because without that, you just sound like a consultant as opposed to someone who understands the business, their world, their challenges. Yeah. Nowadays, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're licensing right now. You you might sell at some point. Um, As you look back on the years, if you could tell someone, your younger self, who is still determined to embark on a journey of working in the learning and development slash training space, which two or three key tips would you give your younger self from a business perspective? I would say pick a specialty, pick a niche. Now I have a lot of friends who are very eclectic. They have many, many different specialties. Just for me, it's worked to have the two I picked because I could always go deeper and wider and broader. And then when people think of career development, they might naturally think, oh, Bev, wasn't she the one who wrote Up Is Not the Only Way? You know, or Bev, wasn't she the one who had that book with love in the title? Or so, uh, but both of those allow me to grow wider and deeper 
in those areas. What about writing? Which which activity, like writing or speaking, would you prioritize if if someone is at the beginning of their journey or even established on the journey but wanting to go bigger? You know, in a way, it's both. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know nowadays speaking is different than than the old days when you there were so many conferences and and you had to do it for free and you had to fly there and you had to put yourself up in a hotel and all of that um so there's a cost to growing a business like ours and um you know uh and i invest in you know um often i'm invited late now but when i'm not invited and i want to go do something for a different audience i'll invest in my own travel and my own everything and it pays and off I, in terms of leads and, and new business I, you know not always mm-hmm. sometimes a lead that heard you speak you know 2 years ago says now i need what i think you have and now social media should generate leads. I haven't seen that truthfully happen very much in my case, but you know, I'm just beginning to get on the social media bandwagon. And and I would say the other thing is um, when you can hire yourself an assistant or a, a virtual assistant, because there is so much to take care of. I've, I've always made sure I, ha- I have an assistant. And then as I got bigger, I needed many more than one. <laughs> and I still need. So I have like three now, but that's about as big as I want to get. Right. So it becomes a core support team. Exactly. And everybody... Right does something a little different. Mm. Bev, where can people find out more about you? Uh, now my my website is easy. It's bevk.com. Mm. And it's my email is bev at bevk.com. So that's B-E-V-K-A-Y-E.com, bevk.com. Bev, thank you so much for sharing your story with me today. And, and thank you for being a guest on the Training Business Podcast. You are welcome. This was fun. Thank you. My sincere thanks to our guest this week, Bev K or Dr. Beverly K. And you can find Bev's website over at www.bevk, that's B-E-V-K-A-Y-E.com, B-E-V-K-A-Y-E.com. And you can find Bev's books online as well. Love them or lose them, love it, don't leave it, and of course, help them grow or watch them go. More episodes over at trainingbusiness.com and of course here on your podcast platform of choice, whether you've come to us today via Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or something else. Fresh episodes next week or a fresh episode next week, Thursday on your podcast platform of choice. If you've got questions 
or suggestions, please feel free to send them directly to me. I read all emails personally and reply individually. And my email address one more time is mark at trainingbusiness.com. Until next week, look after yourself. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.